sleep. You don't work. What could you possibly Paxton? be hired from? Paxton, you in here? What is this? Paxton, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be on the air now. <laughs> oh, Paxton, what's wrong? I, I screwed up again, Glenn. What happened this time? I, I, I don't have a guest book for today, okay? Oh, you've got to be kidding me, Paxton. I, I had a guess, they did, but they, they cancelled at the last minute, I, I don't know what to do! Yeah, but Paxton, we've talked about this, though. You gotta backload these interviews, you know, like record three or four a week in case this kind of thing happens again. It, good lord, will you turn this thing off? Give me that remote. Hey, I was watching that! Paxton, that was a syndicated rerun of Becker. WGN America was doing an all-day marathon. Besides, it's good comfort food TV. It really isn't, though. And geez, how many bottles of Angry Orchard's hard cider do you have lying around here? Seventeen. But but I drank them over the last two days. <laughs> what? One last night, sixteen today? Yeah. Well, I was just joking, but that's one of the more depressing things I've heard all week. You're not mad at me, are you? <sighs> no, not mad, Paxton. Just disappointed. Now, come on. Get yourself cleaned up, head over to the station, and put some kind of show together today. Okay? Okay. <sighs> that guy. I've been banging on his door, leaving angry notes on his car, I even left a string of curse words on his answering machine, and still it won't return my call. Which, to me, is just rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is pretty good comfort food TV, isn't it? God, who would have thought that 17 Angry Orchards hard ciders would do such a number on a man's skull? Hey. Anyhow, uh, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Paxton Wright. As that hot mic recording between me and your show's regular announcer, Glenn, indicated, I do not have a new interview prepared for you guys today. And no, I'm not proud of this. In fact, I'm, I'm downright ashamed, I tells you. But that doesn't mean I won't find a way to get some new content coming your ways because, folks, you deserve it. You're good people, and I, I, I will not will not allow you to suffer through another rerun. Well, not entirely, because I will be playing a rerun for you today, but I'll be playing only a half-hour rerun. Rather, the first half-hour of the show, I'm going to do something a little different, because, well, I want to be able to say that I put out some, some fresh content today, and, and I figure what could be better than to review the new hotness terrible movie that everyone's been talking about, which is, of course, the... Tour of our time, uh, Fred Durst's The Fanatic, starring John Travolta. Uh, if you haven't heard about this film, boy are you about to, so I encourage you to stick around. And if you have heard about this film, well, still encourage you to stick around anyway, because I've got some, I've got some, I've got some thoughts on the film that maybe don't line up with uh, what you generally hear. There might be some praise coming the film's way. 
But uh, that's for me to know and for you to find out. Remember that if you want to reach out and you want to share any of your the fanatic fan theories, because uh, there there are uh, you know just dozens of them spilling out every waking moment, you can reach out to me at paxtonwright at KUCI.org. That's P-A-X-T-U... I forgot how to spell my own name. That's P-A-X-T-O-N-W-R-I-G-H-T. There we go. At KUCI.org. And remember, that, didn't, that, oof, that gave me the willies, and I'm sure it did you too, so I, I apologize for that. And if you also would like to catch this show on the go, on your own time, you know, not not 4 to 5 p.m., who's got the time for that, really? I, I'll, I'll be fully honest with you folks. Uh, while I hope that you guys listen to this live on air from 4 to 5 p.m., I certainly know I would. And that's not to say that I don't think I'm putting together a quality program. I, I do. But... I'm a contemporary guy. I live a fast-paced lifestyle. I'm constantly bird-scootering from point A to point B, zip-garring from point C to point D. I got my headphones in. I got my jewel in my mouth. I'm on my way to get a gallon of CBD oil to glug with my kombucha. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a modern guy, and frankly, that means I don't have time to sit and listen to terrestrial radio, and chances are you don't either. So... If you want to hear this show on your own time, as I know you do, you can check it out at Apple Podcasts at KUCI colon the talk show formerly known as Half Past Five. And that is always a good way to get this show at your own leisure, at your own pace. And it helps me out too. You know, start raking in them listeners, start getting that support would really do a uh, do a world of good for me, a world of good for the station. Now, folks, without further ado... I told you we were going to be talking about uh, Robert, not Robert Durst, that's a very different Durst and a worse Durst, but we're still going to be talking about a less than savory Durst today, and that's Fred Durst and his film, The Fanatic, which I watched a couple nights ago. Now, you might have heard a few things about this film, it's kind of being hyped around right now on on, on the, the YouTube and the what have yous as, oh, the new room, the new, the worst, and not room as in the Brie Larson, uh, uh, Jason Tremblay room, that's his name, right? Jacob Tremblay, he's the, the little kid actor that everyone loves. But yes, of course, not that room. Uh, of course, talking about the Tommy Wiseau quote-unquote worst movie of all time, uh, The Room, uh, and it's it's oft being compared to that in a lot of you know kind of clickbaity titles as oh is this the worst film of 2019? Is this the worst film of the decade? Bah, and and it, I can guarantee you it's going to sweep at the Razzies this year, but. But but that's so largely because of the I guess. Uh, uh, quote easy this isn't a quote no one said this before but I, I think this is a reasonable uh, uh, denotion of it the kind of easy memification of the film in that again you have Fred Durst of of Limp Bizkit fame yes Limp Bizkit the, the rap rock uh, 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 pioneers if you will of the late 90s behind such classics as Nookie Yes, that Fred Durst. He's a he's a filmmaker now, and and props to him. You know, by 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 all means, he he wrote a script. 
He directed a film and, you know, no small feat. So uh, before, I don't want to goof on the guy too hard because, hey, good work, Fred, to branching out into other fields. I am going to goof on the movie pretty hard, though, because it's really hard not to when you have uh, John Travolta with... As if you've heard anything about this film, probably the number one thing you've heard is about John Travolta's portrayal of the character uh, Moose, clad in a bowl cut mullet thing. The hair, the hairstyle really is uh, too difficult to describe. Basically, picture a, a chili bowl, no sideburns, nothing on the side that turns into a mullet in the back, and. You have Travolta, who, let's let's be honest, has has seen better days in his career. Um, he's sort of at a uh, a twilight, which I I hope he can he can uh, revert from, because quite frankly, he's we know him to be a talented actor, and I, I'd like to see more good things come of him. But this was not one of the this was not the performance to to uh, be that second Pulp Fiction that he needed uh, to resurrect his career from where it was. Although I think one of the more contentious debates surrounding this movie, and surprisingly there are some contentious debates, uh, is... Is the film good? No. No, it is not. Is it awful? Horrendously awful? Yes and no, and I'll get into that in a minute. But the real debate is... Is Travolta's performance awful? You tend to be in one camp. It's either, yes, he is the worst part of this film, he is playing this cartoonishly and embarrassing, and it's not working. Or, no, uh, he's actually delivering uh, one of the better performances he's delivered in years. Problem is the script and everything else surrounding him is dragging it down and making his performance ultimately foolish. I'm in the latter camp, and I will explain why. But before I get into that, I should really give a brief rundown of what the film is actually about. You see, the film revolves around the character of Moose, again, played by John Travolta, uh, who is a down-on-his-luck man living in Hollywood, working at, working as a street performer uh, on Hollywood Boulevard to make ends meet. And the character is, for lack of a better term, uh, I think, even though it's never explicitly said, it's very, very greatly implied that the character is somewhat on the uh, spectrum but uh, he is a man who is obsessed with celebrity and obsessed with the culture of celebrity and the is the number one biggest fan of an actor named Hunter Dunbar played by uh, Devin Sawa and after attempting to get Hunter Dunbar's autograph at a book signing uh, Moose takes the next step he finds Hunter Dunbar's address tries to meet him at his house and Hunter Dunbar is not a kind man when Moose meets him. This continues to escalate until Moose gets into more stalking behavior, and without getting into spoiler territory, things escalate even further from there. Now, on the surface, this film sounds like it has some potential. And actually, I'd really say that it does, in fact. Uh, what, what I was saying to someone the other day is that this film feels like a very unpolished first draft of a script was made into a film without any further revision or uh, passing around to other voices, and and somehow it was made. This film is interesting in that almost every part of it, 
check Travolta's performance and yeah, check the cinematography to an extent too, which is uh, competent, I'd say. Every element of this film is running at like a C minus or a C. And as a result, it ends up all sort of collapsing in on itself. It just, it's so kind of bafflingly half-baked. And you have the problem of the character of Moose being a character who is supposed to be uh, uh, on the autism spectrum. And again, Travolta actually plays it quite well. Travolta, I think, has the he has the mannerisms down. He has the uh, the the overall ability, I think, to actually play this role with some degree of uh, uh, tact and respect to those with the uh, uh, disorder. The bigger issue is the di- script and the direction, which again are on the part of Fred Durst, which the script seems to want to be a respectful depiction of those on the autism spectrum, but on the same time seems to really be excited to utilize Moose as comic relief, and as such ends up playing him, ends up writing him very disrespectfully and very uncomfortably, uh, uh, well, for lack of a better term, stupid. And the direction has Moose being very buffoonish and behaving often like a four-year-old, and well, Moose definitely lacks, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of grasps on basic social norms, which Travolta does seem to capture quite well. Uh, Durst seems to want to simultaneously walk the line between having that very grounded, realistic depiction and also going full-blown cartoon. And therein lies a big problem with uh, a lot of the film: is just severe tonal inconsistency. Not only is its pacing incredibly wonky and all over the place, but you also have characters whose roles seem totally irrelevant to the film on a whole. There's a big missed opportunity in the film, in that Moose is supposed to be a very socially isolated uh, man with little to no social skills in the big city who looks up to stars and stardom and celebrity and wants to be wants to be a part of it in any which way he can and you hinder that when the film constantly depicts moose with a bustling and active social life and a shocking number of people who are part of a support net for him that aren't like you know family or caretakers just random people around hollywood who seem to know and love moose and while that's great it makes his motivation as a star-chasing, rabid fan with no connection to the outside world, completely wonky and obtuse. Not to mention the fact that Hollywood Boulevard in this film seems to be smaller and less populated than a middle school because there is literally a scene where in the span of about 40 seconds, Moose bumps into three different people that he knows in less than a minute. And... The, the, the film just seems to have very little grasp on reality, yet wanting so desperately to tell a grounded story. And ultimately, I think that is the film's greatest hindrance. It's not its not this god-awful, cartoonish, uh, just absurd laugh-fest like something like The Room or, or, or Troll 2 is. And I think that is how so many people are, are talking about it right now, because 
mainly for the sake of clickbait because it's so easy to say Fred Durst made a movie and look it stars John Travolta with a bowl cut and uh, isn't this so wacky worst movie of 2019 ah no it really isn't it's kind of fascinating in that it is this film that nearly every element almost works and yet everything is just a little off so that by the end you're sitting there like what did I just what did I just watch and I will also say that that definitely holds true for about the first 40 to 50 minutes of the film. I actually found myself during the first 40 to 50 minutes thinking I would give this film a solid B minus. It's got a lot of problems and it's something I would never rewatch, but I'm not getting what everyone's saying. I'm not getting why everyone is trashing this film. I don't get what the, uh, what the, uh, harping is on it. And again, without spoiling anything, cause I really do actually recommend people see this film. Uh, the last the last 30 to 40 minutes of the film really do uh, turn everything on its head and not for the better any tonal problems the film was already having any confused character motivations the film was already having have been uh, magnified by 20,000 um, percent it goes into full-blown lunacy near the end Robert Durst Robert Durst. I'm going to keep doing that, aren't I? No, not the not the billionaire serial killer Robert Durst. I'm, of course, talking about the uh, millionaire rap rock, rap rock singer Fred Durst. Pardon. Uh, Fred Durst. Uh, you go into this film and you think, Fred Durst, his persona on stage has always been unhinged and uh, ultra-violent. He, of course, is, is known for the lyric, uh, I hope you know, I pack a chainsaw, a mother-effing chainsaw, and I'll skin your uh, rear end raw, as it were. So to so to see a film that was so reserved and kind of quiet in a lot of ways for the first 40 to 50 minutes was surprising and suspicious. So come the latter half of the film, latter act of the film, you go, okay, this makes a lot more sense. And I think that is the part of the film that a lot of people want to focus on and want to say, wow, look at what a dumpster fire this film is. But it really isn't. It's more of, again, a... It's more of a lit match in a trash can with nothing really flammable in it. It's definitely not something you want to be near. It's definitely something you want to take care of. But it's probably not going to do any real harm to anybody. And I think that's where the message gets lost uh, for a lot of people talking about this film. Of course, there's still some absurd cartoony things in the first 40 to 50 minutes of this film, including... uh, a scene where, of course, Fred Durst needed to write this, but it is a scene when uh, Devin Sawa says these immortal words right here. You okay with some music? You like a little limp biscuit? Sure. You like a little biscuit? Yeah. Yeah? Some lounge? I used to listen to this back in the day. This is hot. Oh, my God. That is nice. That is nice. Yes. Yes, it is Devin Sawa. It very much is nice. I would recommend... I I genuinely would recommend The Fanatic to anybody. And this is not just coming from somebody who loves uh, terrible movies. I I am certainly that person, and this is definitely something I would recommend to anybody who loves a terrible film. But this isn't something that I would recommend as a have a bunch of friends over, have some beers, and and gawk and laugh at this ridiculous... uh, mess on screen because you'll be sorely disappointed this is better for i'd say an intimate evening of 
two or three of your friends who genuinely enjoy and appreciate filmmaking and and uh, good storytelling and also have an interest and a patience for bad films because this is much more in line with something that really should be examined and studied as something that is just characterized by misfire after misfire but with with ideas with strong potential and a, a clear goal in mind but ultimately leaves you confused unsure how to feel and uh, quite honestly uh, a bit offended too because again for a film that wants to give a classy and grounded depiction of autism boy it does not do a great job but I would loud uh, Travolta's performance nonetheless and I would also loud the film for being brave enough to have the line to start the film off to be, well, one that I've never quite heard of this caliber before. Hey, Aaron. Chocolate mousse. I can't talk too long. I gotta poo. That is about 30 seconds into the film. Uh, really something on another level. Ultimately, what I recommend... The Fanatic, yes, 110%. Absolutely, you will get some good laughs out of it. You will be uh, jarred and amazed. But where, well, while I would recommend a film like The Room to be ex- examined as here's what happens when every aspect of a film is a complete mess and every, every single aspect of a film gets an F grade, this is an interesting one where I'd say here's what happens when you have a film where everything, every element goes slightly wrong every every element is a picture frame that is slightly off center and needs to just be cleared up a little bit because it ultimately ends up a jarring experiment gone wrong so definitely check out the fanatic if you can don't live don't believe the hype of this is the new room because again it is not uh, really what can be though to be fair but believe the hype that this is something very unique and something very uh, not of this world. Well, that's going to do it on whatever this review was. Frankly, I've just been thinking about the film a lot the last few days and figured, well, I don't have a show. Now's as good a time as any to uh, uh, delve into whatever it was that I just saw the other day. You can watch it on YouTube for four bucks. And I'd say it's well worth the price of entry. Uh, I've done reviews on this show in the past before, movie reviews, but I've usually had a person to bounce them off of me. So this is my first time sort of going off the dome by myself. It was it was an experience, to say the least. Would I prefer to have a, a co-host with me again to do this, these reviews? Absolutely. Do I think this was a complete botched attempt? I don't. I still think I got my main points across, and I hope I convinced some of you to uh, take in the fanatic for whatever it has to offer, whatever that may be to you. But I believe there is something there. Now, that's going to do it for this first half adventure into uncharted territory that I promised you. The latter half will be another episode from last season of the show during last quarter when I had a half an hour program. I'm just going to let that roll on through stick around if you like 
if you if you maybe discovered me this summer when I had a whole hour, I definitely recommend checking this one out because this was uh, early season one era Paxton, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and full of ambition. So stick around or don't. We got a whole bunch more show coming up for you after a brief intermission. Enjoy. Enjoy.